I really don't know how my family survived before we adopted our two little goons when they were kittens. Having a cat is awesome. Story time. Once on a particularly bad day, I was thinking about how smart my cat thinks I am, and I literally started crying, and he used his little tail to wipe away my tears, and it was the sweetest thing ever. But as great as having a pet is, there's an ugly side to it, like scooping poop, taking care of them after they vom all over the floor, waking up to their cries at 5 a.m., or smelling their stinky wet food as well as their stinky breath after eating said stinky wet food. It also isn't cheap, and it's really easy to go overboard spending on treats, toys, and more. My parents have surrendered the guest room to the cats, and we now have to account for any cat-related distractions when we're trying to get something done. Not everyone can handle taking care of a pet. Dog rescue organization Orvis and Spots 2022 report found that 60% of adopted pets are no longer in their adoptive homes six months after their initial adoption. Think about it. That's more than half of the pets that we adopt. To learn more about what exactly it takes to raise a pet, I spoke with Vicki Stevens, who is the Senior Marketing Communications Manager who specializes in companion animals at the Humane Society of the United States. What are some things that people do not take into account before adopting an animal that you think everyone should know? Well, I do. I'll start off by saying, you know, a lot of times people end up adopting an animal on a whim and it works out great. You know, I don't know most of the pets I've had in my life. I've not really planned in advance, but of course I fell in love with them and I took great care of them. And, and a lot of people have that experience. I'm not sure about your own history, um, but there are, it, it's better if you can plan in advance. And so number one, consider your lifestyle. Um, if you're a student and you have a lot of classes and a job that keeps you away from home, for a long period of time, a high energy dog who needs a lot of exercise is probably not going to be the best pet for you. You know, maybe a pair of bonded cats would be perfect. You know, um, alternately, if you're really a high energy athletic person and you like to hike, a short nosed dog who has trouble breathing may not be the best fit for you, you know, and a more active dog would better suit your lifestyle. So that's number one, plan ahead. What's your life like and what kind of pet would fit into that uh, the best? You also, of course, always want to consider costs. So no pet is free. Nothing in life is free, not even a pet. And so you're going to have some basic supplies that you're going to have to have. So for example, if you have a cat, you're going to need litter box and litter, and you're going to need to replenish that litter on a monthly basis, right? You're going to need collars, leashes, food, veterinary care. At a minimum, you're going to need your vaccinations and routine checkups. But you, um, you also need to plan for an emergency. You know, things happen. And, uh, you know, with that in mind, I like to encourage people to start like a pet emergency fund. My husband and I did this where you start saving money. So you have your general monthly expenses. But then if something big happens, you're not caught off guard. The other thing you can do is consider pet insurance. And um, then there's fun things, right, like toys and and pet beds and things like that. But one more thing that people really need to consider is what happens when you go on vacation? Are you, do you go places where your dog can come with you? Um, or are you going to go overseas for a while? And if so, when that happens, who's going to take care of your pet? Are there 
trusted boarding facilities nearby? Do you have a friend or a great pet sitter? So those are the things I would encourage everybody to think about in advance. One of the, one of the big barriers or one of the big issues that, pe that um, people run into, which makes them think that maybe they won't be able to keep their pet, are like behavior issues, right? So for example, your cat may start, um, may urinate outside of the litter box, or your dog may bark at times that aren't appropriate that, you know, for you. Um, the thing is, there are a lot of really great resources available that can help people uh, address successfully those common behavior issues. For example, uh, humanesociety.org, we have a lot of uh, resources there that can help people with these things. Um, other issues, you know, you, you want to, if you have a dog, especially you want to have a, access to a good pet trainer. And again, there's the, um, with creation of professional dog trainers on their website, you can find a certified professional dog trainer that uses positive techniques, goodpup.com. They're online. You can, um, access professional dog training, you know, at your convenience and they even have a free trial. So if that's something you're interested in or, or you need, you can check that out. Can you go over some resources that new pet owners should look into before they uh, decide to adopt or not adopt? Well, be before or even during, right? So um, if you need help, if a pet owner needs help, pet food or supplies, or if they have trouble accessing you know, affordable veterinary care, I would recommend these websites. So there's petsandpeopletogether.org. There's Pet Help finder.org. This is a brand new resource. It is great. You can find um, temporary boarding there. You can find what they call financially friendly veterinary services, um, pet food pantries. So that's a good place for you. Of course, my organization's website, we have a lot of great resources for uh, people with pets and that's uh, humanesociety.org. And then pets.findhelp.com. That's yet another resource that's really good. Um, so there's lots of there's lots of help out there. You know, people people just need to know where to look. It takes a lot of effort, planning, money, and time to raise a pet, and sometimes it's just too much for people to handle. So, what do you do in a situation where you can no longer take care of a pet? When my friend Lizzie was a kid, she had to get rid of her dog Muffy. So when I was in about I would say sixth grade. My mom picked me up from school and took me to her work. There were three puppies there, two black ones and one tan one. They were all half pug, half beagle, all adorable, little scrunched faces and floppy ears. One of the puppies, the tan one, while I was petting them, had climbed into my sweatshirt sleeve, shoved herself down in there, um, so I decided she was the one. I ended up calling her Muffy, um, like a muffin. <laughs> and she was adorable loved her we had her for a few weeks i was primarily responsible for her trying to teach her how to go potty outside and be a good puppy she started doing this really weird thing it would be like i would sit outside with her for a long time she wouldn't go potty and then the second i brought her inside she would pee on the carpet and i was just getting really frustrated with it i could not understand why i couldn't potty train my puppy i thought i had done good research on it so a couple more weeks go by, and I'm starting to get worried. Her peas are very little. She's almost not peeing ever, and she does drink water, eat her food. She's a good puppy. I end up convincing my mom to take her to the vet, and it turns out she's got a little 
bladder issue. I can't exactly remember what it is to this day. I do think she just had a really small bladder. She was the smallest puppy of the litter. But I was still in school. She was peeing on our carpets a lot. She just seemed a little miserable. And I found out from the vet office that day um, it was going to require a surgery. They needed to widen her tubes or something. I'm not sure. Just way too expensive for my family. Um, I ended up posting on Facebook, I do believe, and asking if anybody would be able to take care of this puppy who needed this surgery. My mom's boss, her name was Judy, she ended up reaching out to my mom and saying, you know, if Muffy needs the surgery, I would be willing to take care of her and pay for it. I, she had one of the other puppies from that day, um, so Muffy could be with her brother. So we ended up doing that. Um, my mom took her to Judy's house she was able to get her surgery, and from that point on, Muffy was now Judy's dog. Uh, Muffy is still alive to this day. I've seen her many times. Um, I see Facebook pictures all the time. I still feel very much so, like, almost a little bit a part of her life. I mean, I brought her to Judy, who gave her an amazing life. She's an older puppy. <laughs> She's not a puppy anymore. She's old now. She's old Muffy. She did have a lot of health issues throughout her entire life, just being the runt of the litter. But yeah, I think she she did have a good life. Judy was um, my mom's boss, so she was financially well off. She got all the care that she needed. And I still got to experience her growing up. I still visited her all the time. I would dog sit for Judy. She had quite a few dogs. Um, so I'd spend the weekend at her house, get to see her. So it was definitely best safe best case scenario for the situation we were put in. What Lizzie and her family did was definitely the best way to proceed with rehoming the pet and also gave Muffy a much better life. Vicky spoke to me about what advice she'd give to somebody who needs to relinquish control of their pet. I was wondering for anybody considering either rehoming or bringing their pet back to the shelter, what are some things they should take account, take into account before making that decision? That is a great question. So first of all, I would I would want to consider, you know, do I really need to relinquish my pet? Um, so number one, what are the issues? What what are you facing that makes you think you can no longer care for your pet? Um, because maybe somebody can help you out. First of all, there may be a resource available, like I just listed that you didn't, you weren't aware of, and, and that could be enough. Um, maybe you're sick or you're going into the hospital for a short while, you know, is there somebody who can take care of your pet, um, temporarily, a family member, a good friend, a neighbor, you know, then maybe you can keep your pet training issues. You know, maybe those will help you keep your pet. Um, if you're at the point for whatever reason where you really can't um, keep your cat, pet, it's best to rehome the pet yourself rather than just take them to the shelter. And Adopt-A-Pet has a great new resource called Rehome, Rehome by Adopt-A-Pet, where it walks you through the process, exactly what you need to do or what you can do to find a great new home for your pet. And that's better for a lot of different ways. You know, for example, when you when you take your pet to a shelter, you know, shelters are often loud and it's going to be confusing to your pet. And you know your pet better than anyone. So if you can rehome that pet yourself, it's less stressful for your pet. 
because your pet can remain in, in your home. Um, or if you can get a friend to do it for you, a friend who knows that pet, it's less stressful. You're, and, and then when people come to meet your pet, your pet's going to act more normally, right? You know, often pets in the shelter, when they first get there, they're so disoriented that they, you may not see their true personality. And then also, um, when you rehome your pet yourself, you have the peace of mind of knowing who you're giving your beloved pet to. I would say in your experience, are there certain common reasons as for why somebody can no longer take care of a pet? Yes. And so um, this is not according to my experience, but um, Best Friends actually did a, a pet owner surrender data analysis and they found uh, several reasons. So one is an overwhelming lack of affordable, safe pet inclusive housing. You know, for years, and I've been in this field a long time, for decades, you know, lack of housing has been like a number one reason. And, you know, this is because landlords are nervous that pets are going to damage their properties. And so because of that, they impose these arbitrary restrictions, like limiting the breeds, the weight of the pet, how big the pet can be. And the problem with that is it, it doesn't help the community. It doesn't protect people. And um, it tears families apart because if they need housing and there's nowhere else to go, they're going to have to rehome their pet and they don't want to do that. So, you know, it's important to consider that there's no evidence at all that pets cause more damage than human renters. For example, uh, in, in fact, um, the Michelson Found Animals Foundation along with the Human Animal Bond Research Institute, they put together a 2021 pet inclusive housing report. And they found that fewer than 10% of all animals cause damage of any kind to a rental property. And the average cost to repair that damage is $210, which is very easily covered under most regular security deposits. So because of this, um, you know, the Humane Society of the United States, you know, working with um, owners and operators of rental properties to try to you know, bring more awareness to this issue and, and help make real pet friendly housing more available. Are there any greater external factors that do correlate with uh, a increased difficulty to like take care of pets? Some people, you know, they lack access to veterinary care. That's one. Either they can't afford it because the cost is too high or there's none around. There's, there's, you know, there are, there are pet resource deserts in this country. Um, and so because of that, another thing that my colleagues at the Humane Society are doing is that working, we are working to help pass legislation that will increase um, access to veterinary care, you know, via like what we're doing now via online, being via the internet or, or you know, um, virtual uh, veterinary care, because that would solve the problem of people who live in areas where a veterinarian isn't, isn't uh, nearby. And also it can be less expensive. And so more pets can be treated that way. Maybe you and your listeners have heard of um, food deserts, right? Where um, places in the country have a lack of ex access to good quality food. For humans. Um, similarly, especially in underserved communities, 
Um, there is a lack of affordable, accessible veterinary care or pet food. And we have a program called Pets for Life that tries to bridge that gap where we go into those communities and we help by, um, you know, providing that veterinary care and, uh, and resources for them. And during the past couple of years, um, since the pandemic hit, our Pets for Life program has been working with Chewy, Chewy.com. And we've given truckloads of supplies and, and, and uh, food to, to areas in the country that, you know, are lacking those resources. Definitely pets can be expensive and there definitely, I think, is this instinct to not just get your pet the bare necessities, but to also treat it just like you would a member of your real family and, you know, get it toys and get them treats and make sure that they're getting good food. You know, a lot of times a pet is another member of the family. Exactly. I was just going to push back on you a little, Kira, and say that I would say that a pet is not like a member of the family, but actually is a member of the family. And, you know, we've got studies that show that 98% of people who, who have pets, you know, they firmly believe that their pet is a member of their family, which is, again, why some of these things like the um, lack of pet inclusive um, housing is so devastating because it breaks up families. Yeah, you were talking about that breaking up families, which I think is, it's an interesting way to look at it, because I think a lot of times people kind of don't realize that when you are adopting a pet, you are adding to your family, even if it isn't in the traditional sense. Yeah, I'm sorry, I was going to be, while I was thinking of it, I was going to take the opportunity, um, you know, because I was thinking about some of the questions uh, you, you mentioned, and it's really important like to be proactive when you bring a pet on for the reasons already mentioned, but also people get sick, people die. And so it's, we encourage people to have a plan, you know, nearly everyone will experience a hardship or some type of, of emergency at some point in your life. And so what you want to do is now before that emergency strikes, have a plan for your pets, reach out to trusted friends, family members, and neighbors, um, we recommend having at least two people who you can count on if you get sick or if, you know, unfortunately you die, um, those people will swoop in and take care of your pets. They will either adopt those pets themselves or they will, uh, you know, rehome those pets for you. So that's really important. And it can just alleviate so much stress um, should an emergency arise if you already have that plan in place. And then, of course, we, you know, we would recommend that you you revisit that plan every year or so and just make sure that those people are still on board. When you are rehoming a pet, are there any specific qualities you should look for in your pet's future owner, especially if you weren't necessarily prepared to make sure that the their new, I would say parents, maybe big, big brothers, big sisters, uh, are able to take care of that pet? Yeah, so that's one thing that's so great about the rehome by adoptapet.com because they will walk you through and they provide a lot of that information on their website. But you know, what I would consider is, well, what's my pet like? Is my pet low energy? Is my, is my pet older or younger? Does my pet love to be outside or does my pet prefer, you know, to cuddle with me on the couch? Um, you know, so I would want I, I would want to make sure that my future adopter wants those qualities in a pet. So I would interview them. What kind of you know animal are you looking for? Um, I would make sure that they had a clear eyed 
understanding of you know what it takes if, if they if, if they are new to pet ownership I would make sure they they would understand that there were costs involved and things like the need to walk your dog or or a pet sitter or whatever. Um, so those those are some main things I would want to make sure. When considering adopting or taking in a rehomed pet, what are some questions that you think people should ask themselves before making that decision? Well, that's a very good question because um, I would ask, well, I already have three cats. So will this new pet, how will this new pet fit into my house with these three cats? Does this new pet like cats? Will my cats like this new pet? And also, if, I, if I'm bringing this pet into my house, what are some things that I can do to help make it easier for this pet to adjust to my home? Just want to know any final points you really want to make about this topic. I know you're really passionate about it. Well, I want to stress to people that if you are struggling to, to keep your pet, if you're struggling to care for your pet, please know that there are resources out there. And, you know, we, we mentioned a lot of them. Please um, make your, avail yourself to those first. And then if you're somebody who, want, who likes to be a helper, um, please check out petsandpeopletogether.org because you can be the person that helps keep a pet with their family and keeps families together. There's very there's some simple things that everyone can do to help with that. Obviously, we can't predict the future, and although many animals are adopted with only the best intentions, sometimes things come up where you just can't take care of them. It's also a harsh reality that a lot of people see animals simply as accessories. One example of that is the fad of teacup pigs being adopted when they're just piglets, who are subsequently abandoned once they become adult pigs. YouTuber Logan Paul was one of the many influencers who adopted a teacup pig that he later abandoned and who was found in terrible condition. An animal sanctuary by the name of The Gentle Barn made a TikTok where they showed an abandoned pig, Pearl, that they had recently rescued. When finding Pearl, she had tattered ears and a uterus infection that could have been fatal if left untreated. Not to mention, Pearl was with a pig who had already passed. The Gentle Barn then said they had reason to believe that Pearl belonged to an influencer who bought them as a piglet for content. In fact, they say that this is a common practice, where influencers buy so-called teacup pigs when they're cute get likes from them, but abandon or discard them once they get too big to be easily cared for. Because either they don't do enough research on how much the pigs grow, or they just don't care as long as they profit. And speculation began to spread that the pig belonged to Logan himself. See, Logan Paul once had a pig named Pearl who he specifically said he didn't expect to get big. And Logan eventually confirmed that, yes, this was the same pig that he formerly owned and frequently featured in his content. In short, make sure you know the good, the bad, and the stinky when adopting a pet. I'm also linking all of the resources Vicky provided in the show notes so that if you are one of the many people who need support taking care of your pet, you can get the help you need. And also, if you made it to the end, you get to hear from a third special guest, my cat Reggie. I'm going to see if a special guest wants to make a visit. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> so hard outside the door. Oh. And now he doesn't even want to say hi. Poor little baby was excluded. Hi, oh. sweetheart. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Failing Down the Rabbit Hole. 
All episodes are written, recorded, and produced by yours truly. The theme music is produced by Jabari Butler, and the cover art is illustrated by Ariana Vilches. If you liked this week's episode and want to further the pod, subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with your friends. XOXO, Kira.